Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, we talk with Manat, a student calling from India with questions about her freelance business. Manat is a typographer. She works with lettering and fonts, but every time she posts her work to social media, she gets packaging design clients and others reaching out who just don't match her target audience. This leaves her asking, what exactly should I be posting on social media to attract my ideal clients? Clay and I walk her through a few key social media strategies that'll also help you build your online presence and attract the right clients on social media. We'll dive in right after this short break. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Hello and welcome to another episode of Freelance to Founder. Uh, I'm Preston Lee from Milo.co. Joining me as always on the air today with me is Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey Clay, how you doing buddy? Good, how you doing man? So good. Uh, always great to chat with you. And calling all the way from India today, joining us on the show is Manat. Welcome. Hi. So excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Let's uh let's let's dive right in and learn a little bit more about your business. Tell us what you're working on, what your current situation is, and what kind of work you do. Okay, so I own a business which is Letracy. So that's more of branding and packaging. And right now, instead of uh, picking a niche, actually, I'm trying to specialize in typography. So yeah, that is my business. 
and okay. currently i'm also a student so i'm trying to manage both of them together because also another source of income would hurt anyone right <laughs> that's right yeah i i started my business when i was a student as a side hustle uh grew it as a side hustle for a while so how much longer do you have in school uh, two years are left okay good and how long ago did you start the company then um, I started it last year when I joined college. So I'm currently pursuing communication design. I had an Instagram page before that where I kept uploading stuff. That was mostly uh, things which I hand drew. But now when I've been learning and I'm trying to put in all the things that I've been learning. So, yeah. That's cool. I wish I I wish I uh, I could say that I I started my business in college, but I didn't start my business until I was thirty two, and so uh, I. But but I'm old enough to uh, where college we did not have social media. Social media did not exist, so it's a lot. It was a lot more <laughs> difficult to start a business in whenever I was in college. Yeah, even just like the technology of selling, like selling things and collecting yes. money online has come such a long way. People don't know how far it's come because mm-hmm. it was the same uh, when I was in college. You know, social media existed, but it was it was very new. And then like taking payments, I just remember like coding for hours just to be able to take someone's credit card, <laughs> which is so laughable now because it's just so easy. But um, yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good time to be a student and starting a business. So I think you're doing a good thing, Mana. It definitely is. And since the pandemic, I have so much of time in my hand. I'm at home. So Mm. I guess that's a nice opportunity. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it. So tell us us what your typical client looks like. Uh, What kind of clients are you working with right now? Okay, so currently um, I have uh, like, because I just started out. So I worked for the first few months during the pandemic. I was working with literally everyone who came my way. So I worked with people who were just starting out a business, like most of them were small businesses, somebody who started their home cooking business to somebody who started a business for entertaining children who did not really go to preschool because, you know, the pandemic. So that's what I have been currently working. But and I choose to go more into typography. So the packaging I have done is more of a fun filled text or you know type. So lots of that stuff. So that's a mix okay. of uh, hand-lettered stuff and the other digital stuff as well. Cool. Could you give us an example of what a typography client would look like? I'm not sure we've had someone who does mostly typography. Uh, yeah, on this the show is interesting. Before. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, like, what what would your ideal project look like? So an ideal project, I feel, would be. Um, I personally love the projects which have more of food and food design, uh, like food packaging, food or beverage. And yeah. that, yeah, so those have a very fun-filled, you know, side to them. And the text, you know, with the text, you can kind of imagine the flavor which it is or the kind of food that is, I mean, a sweet one or a sour one, you can tell with the kind of text. That's something which is really, really interesting to me. And that's what I want to work with. Something um, where the type just tells and just does the talking for the packaging. That would be I wonderful. love that. I love that. I can just really sense the passion in your voice uh, mm-hmm. about the whole the whole process. So that's really exciting. It sounds like a lot of fun too. It is <laughs> good. Well, let's dive in then to uh, to the the main portion of the show here. Listeners of the show 
if you've heard episodes before, you know that there is a questionnaire that we have everyone fill out when they come on the show. If you, uh, like Monet, would like a, a coaching call uh, for your freelance business to help you overcome any hurdles that you're facing or, or make some changes in your business and, and experience some growth in your business, you can come on and have a chat with Clay and myself. We'll give you our best advice, uh, completely unfiltered and uh, no, you know, no upsell or anything like that. We just want to give you the best advice that we can. If you want to jump on a coaching call with us, visit freelance2founder.com. And down at the bottom of the page, you'll see a place where you can book a time on our calendar and fill out a questionnaire. And on that questionnaire, we ask on a scale of one to 10, where would you put yourself? One being a freelancer, 10 being a founder. Um, Manat, you put that you were currently a one. And then we also ask in six to 12 months, where would you like to be? Uh, and, and you put that you'd like to be a three. So make a little bit of progress, but maybe not running a, a full, full-fledged business, obviously, because you're still a student. That makes a lot of sense. But tell us maybe what a three looks like in your mind. What would you like your business to look like in the next six or 12 months? Okay, so for one, I plan to study internationally. And I do know that when I go outside the country, I won't be able to work anywhere, you know. So it will always be easier because freelancing, I can do it from wherever. And that will yes. always add an extra income to just go out and have fun, of course. And yeah, that's one of the reasons why I plan to grow, actually. But the only problem which I'm facing is, you know, marketing it out, uh, getting to other people. So that's one place where I would love to grow in. And that will be probably all on social media because that will be something easier and something which people my age or somebody who's just starting up would relate to more. Yeah. So is that who you're targeting is like a younger audience? Yes, definitely. Because uh, when I target a younger audience, I feel like I just speak to them, you know, their, their language. So, yeah. That makes sense. Is, is, the, is the younger audience also the same audience that pays you the most money? Like where you get um, the most revenue? Currently, yes. Uh, I mean, the only source because most of the companies I have worked with are people who are millennials and are just starting out because of the pandemic. Like they just okay. probably got fired or stuff and they realized that, you know, they could start their own business. So those are the people mm, I've Perfect. With. That's actually a, a great market to go after. I mean, what a great idea to target people who have lost a job in the pandemic and have decided instead of getting another job, they're going to start freelancing, they're going to start their own business. There's millions of people doing that right now. I mean, we're seeing a huge shift in how people work. And, um, you know, the biggest year ever, we, we spoke to uh, the editor-in-chief of entrepreneur.com on a previous episode, which I'll link to in the show notes. He said uh, that this 2020 and 2021 have had the highest rates of business applications, at least here in the U.S., uh, because people are just starting businesses. And, uh, and it's exciting. So that's, that's a great audience to target, I think. It definitely is. And till now, they've always paid me well. So, yeah. Great. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about where your business is headed then. So in the next 6 or 12 months, you'd like to be uh, more of a 3, uh, maybe a few more clients, uh, maybe more predictable revenue. What can we help you with today? Why are you calling in today? And what, what can we help you do over the next 6 or 12 months in order to, to reach that goal? So here's the thing, like uh, you also mentioned that before that you have never really heard anyone talking about typography. 
so uh, the case with me is that instead of a niche i have a specialization so when i'm putting out content i'm not really sure what exactly should i be putting more of typography stuff or should i be putting more mm. more of packaging stuff because when i do just packaging there are people who come up for any kind of packaging they're not really uh, focused on typography or probably they don't even want typography so it kind of comes in a mix that what should i actually pursue and then sometimes i'm like okay maybe these people won't really get what i'm doing in typography i should get into invites a wedding invite because there everything is related to calligraphy or typography so yeah that's what is the main thing which i am dealing with because i'm not really sure what kind of content should i put out to get the kind of clients i am actually looking for Okay, so I think for me, the first step would be to get even more clarity on the kind of clients that you want because it sounds like you're attracting people who want packaging, but really you would rather just do the typography. Do you not want to do any of the packaging design at all? I love, uh, like, I do like the packaging aspect, but when I just see typography, uh, I'm not really sure who would, you know, who the client would be. so i'm not really able to find an ideal client and how the work would be so then i shift to something which is a little more focused and something which i know would definitely have people so when i'm finding clients for branding or packaging uh, there are people who are there who have posted on linkedin suppose so i can contact them but there's nobody really looking for typography as such there's something probably they see and they decide that okay we might need this Right, so there's not mm. a definite clientage for typography from where I see. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people calling with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs and did I mention by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com/freelance. That's linkedin.com/freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H Y D R O W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro 
pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a good thing to recognize up front because if people aren't actively searching for typographers um, or calligraphers or anything like that, then yeah, that it is probably going to be a smaller market. I, I would imagine that if people use typography in their product design, package design, uh, you know, like you said, wedding invites or anything like that, that they probably also have other skills in design and they just hire one designer or have a designer on the team that does both the typography and the other design in most cases. Now, there are specialized cases, I'm sure, where someone is just a typographer. But I think in this, in, in at least what I've seen, usually you have multiple skills in graphic design, including in, in typography. And, and it sounds like the market is maybe reflecting that same thing. I don't know, Clay, what's your take? Yeah, I agree. I think, I think it, it might be... I, I think there's two ways of looking at this. I think I think it might be too specialized um, for the retail market. Um, and so, like when you're talking, when I say retail, I mean like the end the end customer, right? The end client. Um, and so that I just like for the same reason you said, like people are just not searching for that. Like I I personally have like I'm in this world. Like so is Preston. Like I I don't think I've heard anybody saying, hey, I'm looking for uh, someone who knows typography. However, I think I think another way of looking at this, and I could be wrong, but I'm just going with my gut, maybe you're looking at the wrong audience. I think maybe your audience is other designers. Maybe. And so other graphic designers or package designers or I wonder branding. that too. Or like agencies yeah. that do package or design agencies, and they, yeah. they need a really great typographer who they can call when they get stumped on a, an issue or something. Yeah, yeah. Like something like that. Or uh, And or you can do both is you could take your, what, your skill set in typography and productize it. And like make it a thing where it's like hey I will teach you how to do typography and you and that could like other designers would be attracted to that because designers oh, yeah. do know what typography is and maybe they want to expand their skill set and so maybe they buy some sort of online course from you or something like that that has that just has to do with typography it's a little bit it's different work um but my point here is I think I think you might have to just look at maybe a different audience for for typography, and so I think it's going to be more of like a, a designer like approach designers, other mm. designers. And I wonder if part of the issue is like it's hard to show the end result of typography because it's it's quite often part it's an element of the end result. Like you've said, Manat, it's like. It's it's part of a wedding design. It's part of a food package. It's part of something else. And so it's hard to show on social media, coming back to your original question, it's hard to show on social media the element of the final product. And so let's say then you post some 
some package design and then someone wants to hire you for package design when you really wanted to be hired for typography. I, I can see why there's a conflict there. I don't know. What's resonating so far? What, what are you hearing on, on your end, Manet? And, and are we headed in the right direction? Yeah, actually, uh, the way you told me that other designers might actually be interested in it, it actually opens a new perspective to me that, yeah, I, oh my God, I never really thought of mm-hmm. it. I mean, I mean, I have tried doing workshops once or twice. And yeah, they have come out a real good success. I mean, you know, but I never really thought that that could be another way to look at it. And I really feel that that would work. So yeah, I yeah. I I think I think the I think the issue is is that like going after uh, a retail. I call I call it a retail client. Um, someone who who has a product and needs pro- product packaging. I think the issue is you're having to make two sales. I think one, and this is based off ignorance um, of the fact that they don't even know what typography is. So I think the first sale you have to make is you got to convince them that they need typography. And then the second sale is, okay, now I'm going to convince you to pay me for typography. That's a super tough thing, in my opinion. Um, Just like I I used to, um, back in 2007, I tried to start a social media agency. So think about this back in 2007. Facebook was just now becoming popular. Um, I think at that point, don't quote me on this, I could be wrong. Um, I think that it was at that point where Facebook was available to the public. You didn't have to have a college email address. Um, And then there was MySpace. Uh, It was like the Facebook versus MySpace. Anyways, I saw the potential of business with this. And I tried to create a social media management agency back then. I failed miserably because I was having to make, I was too early to the game because I was having to convince people of like, hey, do you know this thing called social media? Like, so I had to sell them on the fact that social media was important and it was going to be the future. Um, But then I had to make a second sale of, okay, well, can you pay me to, to do this? And so I failed miserably. I think I think you're in a very similar situation in the fact that you're having to make two sales. And so I'm just like, let's just go to the right audience to people who actually know what t- typography is. Yes, that totally makes sense. Like I can completely agree with you. Like because till now I was looking at people who are doing something similar, somebody who's doing calligraphy or typography. I saw a lady who started out probably in. 2016 or 17 and she was uh, recently doing uh, handwritten invitations for google's event so i thought maybe i could look up myself at there you know but the only thing is how to get there that was one step which i really could not figure out so i just took a step inside that you know i could get that through branding or packaging so another aspect towards typography but i guess well, taking other clients into view would actually make sense. Yeah, I, I know a few people personally who have done something similar. And now that I think about it, they are more typographers than anything. Um, you know, my friend Ian Ian Bernard, who I'll link his Instagram account, he's ended up doing typography and hand handwritten uh, calligraphy for companies. Like I think he did like Nike. He's done like some really big stuff. Um, as well as tons of local clients and smaller things that he's done. But he also teaches. Uh, he has some apps that he sells. Like he, he really 
has a diverse product offering, all based around calligraphy and typography. Same with um, Sean McCabe, who runs Sean West. I'll link to his stuff as well. But he teaches courses to other graphic designers on how to do hand lettering, calligraphy, typography. And he's done some really cool stuff too. So I think there is definitely a path there. Um, and it sounds like sounds like this has maybe opened your thinking a little bit into some other opportunities as well. Yes, I, I just love Ayan's work. I mean, he, I'm a really big fan of him personally. And yeah, that's the kind of work I'm kind of looking for that, you know, one day I'll get there at what, like, you know, the place where he is. So yeah, that's the kind of work I'm actually looking for. Well, great. I think, I mean, I think that's a good place to start then is to to look at some of the things that Ian's posting on social media or that Sean is posting on social media. Um, my friend Dina is also a hand letterer, calligraphist, and does some really cool work. And And she posts stuff all the time on Instagram, just little things that she makes, uh, not necessarily for a client, just to show the kind of work that she can do. And I think slowly what they're all doing is like building this authority to say, I know what I'm talking about in this area. So then when people think, who can I go to to learn about hand lettering or calligraphy or typography, then immediately you want your name to come to mind so that they go read your blog or sign up for a course or engage with you in some other way, hire you as a client or whatever. Um, I think I think what they're doing on social is maybe a good thing to mirror, which is they're just building authority and building, getting their brand and their name front of mind when someone thinks about that kind of work. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I have seen uh, Dina's work too, and she's also uh, like looking at clients who are also designers and trying to get into the calligraphy field. So yeah, I was personally also trying to actually get into one of her courses. But then, yeah, the pricing is an issue. Budget for me is an issue because I'm a student, right? So one day I will probably. And yeah, that's actually a good insight. Yeah, great. Well, good. I think that maybe gives you some ideas of what what you could be posting on social uh, to maybe start attracting a different kind of audience or start building some authority in different audiences with different clientele. What else can we help you out with? What other hurdles are you facing as you strive to grow your business while you're a student over the next six or 12 months? I guess this was one of my biggest challenges, which I did face, uh, which I felt that, you know, uh, where will I be heading? And yeah, that, that was actually one of the biggest things. So I tried out lots of things in typography. So some days I just shifted to calligraphy totally. One, because I could not really understand where I would head with typography. And the second being, you know, Every day being online, attending classes virtually, it becomes such a headache. And by the end of the day, it's like, I just don't want to look at the screen, you know. So the lots of, uh, and when you realize that you don't want to look at the screen, that means no laptop or probably no phone and you are under lockdown. Then you realize that there's absolutely nothing which you can do because there's absolutely nothing which you can do outside the phone. So calligraphy has really come to rescue for me because then I just write. And whatever I do, I'll just write it out. So, yeah, I guess something in that lines would also work because people, everybody is actually really disheartened with being in another lockdown right now. Absolutely. And I don't know what the market looks like in India, but I know in the States, uh, hand, hand lettering and calligraphy has definitely been 
much more popular in the last few years uh, as a hobby. People, you know, something people want to learn, even that aren't graphic designers, just people want to learn it because oh, it's 100%. fun or relaxing or whatever. So yeah, I think there's definitely various markets you could target uh, having having those skills and talents. I, I think I think uh, so. I, I know somebody who who just does that. Who does? Um, she uh, I think it's like I, I can't remember her Instagram handle. I think it's like Lisa Letters or something like that. But anyways, all she does is Instagram videos and photos of her just doing typog like just like handwritten or like or not handwritten, but like um, she does all kinds of stuff like markers, uh, paint brushes, but it's it's all lettering. It's all typography stuff, but it's uh, but she she has a this again. This goes back to like having a course and productizing your skill set. She sells this to all kinds of people, not just designers. She sells it to mostly like women who want to do this on the side, mm-hmm. not yeah. even as a business, just like people who just for straight fun. up want to know how to do it for fun. Yeah, and so like I know all kinds of uh, of of women who just whenever they do signs or uh like envelopes or or if there's an event like doing a sign for an event like a baby shower or something like that like they love doing the hand lettering stuff and so they just do it for fun and so i know people who have paid for a course to learn how to do that so i think i think there's definitely some when you're talking about uh you're not sure where where to go with it i i th- Yes, that is a uh, an issue as far as like um, that being a little bit of a hurdle um, when it comes to your business because it's really hard to to drive a car without knowing what the destination is. And so, like, I, if I were if I were to get in my car and I don't know if I'm going to to East Coast United States or West Coast United States, it's really hard to to. <laughs> to end up where I want to be if I have no idea what my my end goal is. And so that's a that's a mind clarity thing. So I, I I would if I I would encourage you to take some time and just figure out what it is that you just you want to achieve like um with your business. Like do you just want to be um I don't know like a solo freelancer or do you want to grow a big agency? Like uh do you want to um eventually get into packaging design or not get into or just typography like, like what what is it that you deep down really want to to achieve and that's going to help you give you i know that you said that that's like a little bit of a hurdle for you but um i i i don't know of any other solution other, other than just to like sit there and just like just think about it and what and what you really want and and honestly you could think about it now and then things might change later on um but I'm bringing all this up because it's very hard to run a business and grow a business if you just if you don't know the final destination, and so you just that's that's a thing that can definitely be a bottleneck in your business. Yeah, I totally agree with you because yeah, currently I was also just heading out, and I'm not really sure where my final destination would be. So all I'm doing is okay. I'll try to post something today. I'll just try to write or t- uh, do some hand lettering today and I'll just post it. So that was my end goal. And then I'll see probably what will happen in a few months. And yeah, that, that's what exactly what I was doing. So trying out all different stuff to see what works out. 
but i guess a little clarity would would make it actually better and i got really good insight today so yes thank you for that yeah, you're very welcome. And in fact, we have other a few other resources that I'd like to point you towards. Um, we had a, an episode previously uh, called Make Art, Make Money. And it talked all about... Because, you know, what I see when I... Or what I hear when I, when I talk to you as we talk to you is you're an artist. Like, first and foremost, you're an artist. And sometimes we have a hard time speaking as someone who's partially an artist as well. Like, sometimes we have a hard time... Um, thinking about the business side of our art. And so there's an episode of this podcast a few se- uh, a season ago, I guess, a few episodes ago called Make Make Art, Make Money. Um, and so I'll be sure to link to that in the show notes and I'll email this to you after our conversation as well. But I think that could be helpful. And we also have an article on the blog at, at millo.co, M-I-L-L-O dot C-O. And it's actually uh, the top ranking article when you Google how to make money as an artist. And it, it has a very in-depth breakdown of different ways that you can make money from your art. Some of them being what we've talked about today, which is develop a course or teach other people. But there are lots of ideas there. You could go through that podcast episode and that blog post. And if there are any listeners who are artists and wondering, you know, where am I headed? Like Clay said, what's what's my end goal here? And it doesn't have to be where are you going to end up in 30 years? It could be where are you going to end up in 12 months, right? But you have to know at least a direction that you want to go. I think these those two resources could give you a nice idea of some options. Sometimes we just don't even know what the options are. So it might give you a nice uh, few options to say like, oh, I'd, I'd love to in the next 12 months have a course launched that I'm selling and uh, have a, a product that I sell on Creative Market or something like that. So I'll, I'll link to both those resources in the show notes and I'll send those to you as well. But I think those would be a good place to kind of capture the vision that Clay is talking about of where do I, where do I really want to end up? Yeah, right. I've, I've seen that article, uh, article which is there on your website. And yeah, that Milo is one of my go-to resources like when I'm feeling, you know, I'm just lost with freelancing or what should I do? So yeah, it's really been really nice, you know, very helpful. Oh, that's good. That was me in twenty uh, March twenty fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Preston was my saving grace. <laughs> so I hope in another six years I'll be where you are right now, so having a podcast show. <laughs> well, that's very nice to hear from both of you. It's a team effort, and uh, we're so happy to help as many freelancers as we can. Uh, Manet, this has been a great conversation today, I think. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we wrap up the call? No, I guess that's it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit M-I-L-L-O dot C-O to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time, see ya.